Wait, you like that? Big though, isn't it? You would, actually. I watched Come Dine With Me the other day, and one of the blokes turned up with a present that one of the other women had given him the week before. And turned up with the same... I mean, how can you do that? Have you ever recycled? Yes. Pre- I'm just thinking of another topic for tomorrow night's programme. Have you ever been given a present, and you've given it to somebody else, and it's gone, but it's got your name inside it? Oops. What <laughs> about that. You've done that, have you? Well, I would go to a party and pick up a bottle that someone had left in the hallway... <laughs> And present it to the host in the kitchen. <laughs> you wouldn't, would you? Yeah. There's always bottles in the hallway where, oh, come in, put that down, come in. That's terrible. Just pick it up and keep walking. <laughs> oh, Mind you, I was at a party once and we were standing outside in the garden at the front of the house. It was one of those little terraces. And some a couple of blokes walking off the street, walk upstairs, pick up two bottles, walk down the stairs and walk out again. Isn't that terrible? Well, it's cheaper than the offline. It is cheaper than the offline. You're quite right, actually. Nice to see you. Bye-bye. See you tomorrow. Have a good show. Bless you, thank you. That's Anthony Davis, he's back with you tomorrow. The thing we're referring to is the size of my strawberries, because they are, they're king strawberries. But actually, these are the best ones we've had, because sometimes you buy them, and they're packed in America, and then they, they arrive here, and I bought these yesterday after. They're not cheap, but, but they're really nice, and you can eat them just like a lollipop, which is good news, isn't it? There you go. Uh, anyway, it's Thursday, which means Paul Savory's here. Good morning. <laughs> I'm having a very funny day today. It's because I came and I had my porridge, then I had three strawberries, and I think the sugar rush has gone to my head. You have a sugar rush from three strawberries. You've, the sugar content is huge. Fructose. Fructose. This yes, is, but it's good sugar. Well, not really. Do you react me, no. to everything? No, it might be good for you. It's not good for me. Four of these, and I could be lying on my back giggling like a child. Nothing changes. Nothing changes, exactly. But I, I call it doing an Alan Dodgen, but there you go, that's just me again. Do you know, honestly, I, I, I climbed into bed yesterday, and there's all these stories on the news. Man in court over head in fridge. You know, man accused of murdering 88-year-old. And then this bizarre case, which Nick's going to be talking about this morning, of a woman who goes on holiday with the two children, mm. admits to smothering them. In the meantime, in this country, her husband has been wanted by the police, and is in court on 13 charges. And you think, I spoke to Richard Hakey earlier, and I said, am I in the wrong world or something? Has everything just gone all wrong all of a sudden? Or is it just, am I just not mm. opening my eyes wide enough? No, I, I think it, it doesn't make perfect sense. That's a ridiculous thing to say. But I, I think I understand what's happened here. There's also another man who beat his girlfriend on holiday. At the same. There's just all these stories coming in at the same mm. time. And she was so badly ruptured that, had he taken her to hospital, she might have lived. And they're 22. And you think, what, would, would somebody ever lose their temper that much with somebody? You'd do that. And, and, and Richard said to me, he said, can you imagine somebody... I said, I can imagine people losing their temper and seeing red and not, and not being able to come back. We had a case the other day of a woman, ghastly woman, who had who'd got so drunk in Manchester on New Year's Eve that she'd attacked the paramedic who was trying to look after her and ripped her hair out, punched her in the face, kicked her in the face. Anyway, luckily, the judge decided that she was a nasty piece of work, sent her to prison for eight weeks, and I'm thinking... Good. And these are people who get so slaughtered on drugs. Remember I told you about the woman who has been banned from drinking in every bar and pub because she's got so many asbo, she cannot handle drinks, she's just revolting. Well, the Sun have done a two-page spread on her today. Oh, it's, she's going to have her own chat show So, in other soon. words, it's, it almost makes it out like, oh, you're really famous now, love, aren't you? You're in the papers. Dreadful. It just drives me... I've got to log in as well. just drives me mad at the moment. I'm th- I said to Richard, I'm quite normal. He said, I wouldn't go that far. But, anyway, uh, we're going to have a nice programme today. 
I've got, got my copy of Hello magazine. Really That's excited. Nice. Very excited. Got lots of pictures of very glamorous people. And, in fact, some people I've never even heard of. But, uh, but they've all got loads of money. And we like people with loads of money on this programme. The simple reason, it makes you feel comforting. If, what, what would, if, if somebody said to you, like that person the other day, we don't know who it is, uh, you've won eight, million pounds, what would be the first thing, apart from, oh, lovely, I've won £84.5 million, pounds, what, if, if somebody said to you, what's that £84.5 million pounds going to do for you, you would say... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I would go off and see a financial advisor straight away. Right. Eighty-four and a half million. Yes, I know pounds. it's rather a lot, isn't it? It is. Just quite you can't a lot. even spend the interest. No, the so. interest will probably be about, I would think, four million pounds a year coming in after tax. Mm. I think you could probably get what six really? percent, and then by the time you've taken tax off, I would say just just supposing it's it's ten percent, which it isn't. Yeah, you probably, probably get five. Right. So ten percent would be eight million, four million. Yeah, you, you you could probably comfortably say three, three million a year, provided you channeled it properly. Nice. You'd be living on that. What would be the one thing it would it would give you? Security. Exactly, security. As if opposed you handled to, it right. Yes. Well, even if you handled it wrongly. No, it wouldn't. Really? No, you can get through £84 million quite easily. Because I'm debating what to do with it, and at the moment it's a bloody nightmare. Oh, I don't you. know what to do. Oh, I wish. Can you imagine? Would I still be sitting here? Yes, I would, actually. Yes, yes I would still yes, be sitting yes, here, because yes. I'd have to tell everybody. I couldn't keep it secret. But I'd love to give people little presents. I'd like to go up to, you know... Well, I'd... Yeah, little presents for you. You're a little person. You have yeah, 84 million. Drop. See, that'd yeah. be the problem, you see, because you go up to Amanda and I say, listen, you've had the DVD player. Here's a DVD to go with it. You know, and she'd then go, 84 million... Because she talks like that. 84 million pan? Because she's a bit cockney. <laughs> Via Cheltenham. Cockney. And she'd go, 84 million pan, Steve, and all you give me is a bleeding DVD. And i go, yeah, she, you've got cockney 84... Cockney mixed with Australian. She's been around a bit, <laughs> yes. <laughs> a, bit of, a bit of kiwi. And you get, and, because you wouldn't know what to do, would you? I can imagine saying to one of my friends, look, I'm going to give you 100,000. And he'd go, 84 million, because he speaks the same, 84 million pound, and you give me 100,000. I've got very common friends, I'm afraid. And that's it. And you'd think to yourself, what are you supposed to give somebody? You know, you, you just don't well, know. Just but the odd four. The odd four. <laughs> but you're right, actually. The one thing it would give you would be the security. Yes. I don't it, think it gives you happiness. Yeah, but it, but that you see that argument doesn't stand up. Oh, it because, does. No, it doesn't. It because, does. Yeah, but if, if you're happy now, I'm going to be even happier with more money. I'm not unhappy. No, exactly. I'm not unhappy either. But it doesn't give you happiness. What's if you were, if then? you were unhappy, yeah. If you were unhappy about money and had money problems, then yes, maybe yeah. it would make you happy. But you know, if if you wanted um, a relationship, yeah. A, a true relationship. Oh, so when you've got 84 million, got 84 million pounds, million. no, you'd have people <laughs> falling in yes. front of you. But why yeah. would they be falling in front of you? Because you've got 84 million pounds. Exactly. Yes, well, so then you would have fair... fair we- I mean, let me get rid of her. Banging on the door at three in the morning. Steve, Steve. <laughs> Listen, I'm not letting you out, all right? Just shut up and stay in. Carry on cleaning, Cinderella, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> you've got your cleaning job. Enjoy it. Joking, but... <laughs> exactly. He knows I'm not. <laughs> But that, 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 but that, that's what it comes down to, isn't it? It comes yeah. down to the fact that, you know, not only can you make yourself happy, but you can, you can change loads of, of other people's lives as well. Indeed. And, and make them very happy. And, and that's what I would do. Because I think if somebody gives you that much money, if you're lucky enough to get it, then it's your, it's your duty to give, to give to other people as well. Of course it is. So I'd be giving to a couple of nominations. That's why I don't give to charity collectors on the streets. I only do. Never. No, never. I don't give to homeless people. 
I really don't. I mean, put it this way, if, if I see... I mean, I'm tempted if I see a really old person mm. who's struggling. I, I would love to go up to people and sort of... But some people don't, don't like that kind of thing. But when I see somebody who's perfectly able to get off their arse and go out to work, sitting there, go, you, got, you got any money? No, mm. I bloody well haven't. I get up and work for it, like most people in this country. You know, you're sitting on a cushion with a dog. I mean, there was one guy the other day in Kingston... I'm sitting on a cushion with a dog. Well, he was sitting... No, you're not. <laughs> he was sitting on a cushion, reading a book... Just with a little thing, homeless and hungry, reading a book with a fag on. And I wanted to say to him, you can afford to smoke, mate. Mm. Get off your ass and go and get a job. Oh, smoke and drink comes first. Go and sweep the roads. There's <laughs> Polish street cleaners sweeping the roads. You know, if they're doing it, why can't everybody else do it? Well, I think, you know, the British, compared with some other races, are a bit lazy. Yeah. Bit? Well. Cool. Do, Lazy, and um, you know that, that's why we've got a lot of the ethnic minorities in this country because we brought them over to bring, build the railways yeah. and, and all kinds. Yes, yes, because we didn't want to do it ourselves. There was a very strange program. Who's that uh, actor who I interviewed for In Conversation? And he's a friend of Madonna, gay actor. Open, no, not Alan Cumming. Uh, a very tall, oh, well, Rupert Everett. Rupert Everett, and he was doing a program looking at some Victorian sex traveller. And I can't remember who it is, but he went to his, his grave in, uh, I think, Putney Cemetery. It's one of these famous mm. graves. It looks like a tent, but it's made out of stone. And he went to India, where they've got lots of men who live as women. And they yeah, go yeah. around... And there's a name for... <laughs> there's a name for them. I can't... Sorry, yeah, we thought of all the jokes, but I mean... And, it's, and, and they, they do dress as women, but you can see quite obviously that they're men. And they beg, and that's mm. what they do all the time. And this, this man, stroke woman, who looks after them, says... And, and this one here... He will be castrated next week. And so Rupert Everett goes, right, and that'll be in a hospital. He goes, no, not in hospital. He goes, well, where, where will it be? He said, we will take him into the wood oh. and we will take all his clothes off. They will give him some water to drink until his belly becomes distended and then we will take a knife and cut them off. And Rupert goes, with no anaesthetic, no anaesthetic. And, and they go, and in a week's time, it will have healed. I thought, yes, or he'll be dead. <laughs> That's how they do it. But why do they give him water? Um, uh, do you know, that that, <laughs> that never occurred so to me. So he can't see it. <laughs> so, can't, so in other words, if, if your belly's out here, you don't miss what you can't see. Well, I've been like that for years. But anyway, so it's... But, th but there's no anaesthetic, and they don't think anything about it. Isn't that odd? Isn't that the oddest thing ever? I felt quite oh. queasy. Quite queasy. I think, I think with good reason. <laughs> right, listen, we've got the papers. We've got... Uh, Paul Savory here, which is very nice indeed. We've got more pictures from Bangkok, which I was showing Paul earlier on mm. from John, who's out there, who yesterday had mm. burning tyres mm. with explosives in outside where he lives. So, being typically British, he's having poached egg on toast and a cup of tea and taking pictures. <laughs> I mean, it, it doesn't get any more British than that, does no, it? No, it doesn't. If, you know, if hell is burning around you, I think we'll have a poached egg, you know, and a cup of tea. Any, anybody for a cake or something, you know, anything like that? Any crumpet? Tea and tiffin. While, while hell bur burns around you. Most interesting. OK, listen, uh, we'll go through the papers in a moment, and there are stories. They're not great stories. They're not great stories, but we've got, we've got another John Terry story, I'm, afo I'm afraid, for you this morning. I didn't think it was possible to find, you know, this many in a year after the mother, who's a bit forgetful when it comes to Marks and Spencer's shopping, the father, who, want to buy a wrap? And then you've got John Terry himself. You've got the peculiar wife, otherwise known as the doormat. Now we found something about the brother. Makes the front page of the Daily Mirror today. Details after this. 
These are the headlines. David Cameron and Nick Clegg will reveal full details of their coalition agreement at the Treasury later. The Prime Minister and his deputy will insist they found enough common ground to stay in power for five years. George Osborne has revealed details of next month's emergency budget, speaking at the CBI's annual dinner in London. Um, He's confirmed he'll scale back the planned increase in national insurance and cut corporation tax. The mascots for the 2012 Olympics have been revealed. Wenlock and Mandeville are a pair of one-eyed cartoon characters aimed at children and star in their own short cartoon film online. And you can see pictures of them on the LBC website, lbc.co.uk. Let's have a check on the state of the roads. Morning, Jay Louise. Good morning. Thank you very much. Well, fairly steady start this morning. No major problems. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. 17 minutes past five. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast on a Thursday. I've had my strawberries. Wee, wee. We like the strawberries. <laughs> I've had my cup of tea. I've got my strawberries. I've had a quick look through the papers. I felt depressed. Paul Savory comes in. He's, uh, he's not depressed today, although he should be, because I showed him pictures of Bangkok. Yeah. Which John took. And, John, and, and Paul's going... Know that, know that, mm. Well, the uh, the Central World Shopping Centre, otherwise known as Zen to locals, is uh, w- was set up and run by a friend of mine, and it's burnt out and um, in, in a state of collapse. The front of it has collapsed, mm. and uh, they only opened it two years ago. And it's they would be insured. I mean, that will, that will. I would have thought so, yes. but the the company um, Central Department Stores owned it. Mm. And um, they they spent millions and millions on this place. If, if you haven't been to Bangkok for a few years, but you you have been there before, it's what used to be the old World Trade Center. They right. they gutted it and uh, and fitted it out beautifully, and spent fortunes on it, and that's all gone. Oh, um, for anybody that's interested uh, and uses Twitter, look up a, a guy called Andrew Marshall and add him to your tweets. He's a, he's a journalist living in Bangkok, and he updates this um, very regularly on Twitter. Right. Um, there, there's one 10 minutes ago, one 17, one 18, one 34 minutes ago. I mean, it's constant updating about the, uh, about the situation there with pictures. Look at this one here that John's just sent in. This is... Um, I, don't know, I don't know how to describe that. I don't know what that is, but it's not <coughs> something else that's burnt oh, down. Let's have a look. Have a look there. Rapprachong or something? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's another shopping centre. Yeah. <clears throat> Completely gutted by fire. The trouble is, and, you know, it, it, it's the kind of thing you can't get your head round because you think these are people who live in Bangkok and you're just destroying your well, city. Well, they're not. Oh, they're not? They're no. people from outside? They're people from outside Bangkok. Um, generally, um, they are people from uh, up the country that, that have no money. Yeah. Uh, and uh, rebelling about the people in Bangkok that do have money—it's the, the age-old thing under the uh, under the banner of uh, fighting for democracy. But mm. uh, you know, this obviously is not democratic because the the things that they're burning down are generally nothing to do with the government. If they wanted not to damage the government, you go for the government, not for the. Yeah. Uh, not for, not for private enterprise in the shopping centres. Misguided people. They, they, they've got them here setting fire to tyres at the uh, at the shopping centre. Yeah. Uh, which is what we've just talked about. Uh, the army have... I mean, 12 more people have died in this. I mean, I'm seeing pictures on the television of people lying dead in the road. And it just That's becomes, right. well, oh, it's Bangkok. There's a, it's a picture person. in one of the papers this morning. I showed yeah. it to you on the way in. Dreadful, isn't it, really? It, it is, because it's generally a very peaceful city. It's very safe to yeah. walk out any time of the night or day. Anywhere in the city, it, and the people are 
lovely people. Yeah. And I, I just can't believe that this is happening there. No. They had some woman in a shop the other day. She had a restaurant... And, uh, and she said, I'm, I'm not going to be intimidated. Mm. And then, as the protesters got to within about 100 yards of where she was, she decided she was being intimidated. Yes, I saw that so clip, yeah. So she actually closed the shop up, but they'd hung on till then. Yeah. It's dreadful, well, it's really. their livelihoods, you know. Yeah. Um, another friend of mine has um, a, a shop in Siam Centre. It's been shut for ten weeks. Yeah. This is a, a small businessman. How is he going to live? Yeah. Well, that's uh, it, isn't it? And the same guy can't get to his house. Bizarre, he's, had, he's had to go to stay with relatives in, in 100 miles away yeah. because they've closed off all the streets and he can't go home. Terrible. Terrible. Uh, Hurricane Higgins. Alex Hurricane Higgins in the paper today. Well, my God, have you seen the picture of him? I have. He looks like he's on his last legs. Apparently he's not eating. He's existing on baby food. Now, I don't want to be rude to any of Alex's friends who might be listening, but how the hell could you ever let him get in this state? I mean, it's just absolutely unbelievable. I mean, everybody else looks fit and well. He looks like he's literally that that little man who died on the, the television some years ago who had that disease which meant that he couldn't grow any further. Yeah. And they did a documentary on him. He looks like that. I mean, we know he's battling throat cancer. He's living off baby food after losing his teeth. Where is... Look at him. Where are your friends, for God's sake? God, dear, I tell you. All these people who profess to being his friends, and so they went out the other day to try and raise some money for him, well, where have they been for the last bloody three years or so? It's just absolutely appalling. They must have, they must have known he was getting into this state. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. It does annoy me. I get so angry. Mind you, have you seen the pictures of the, uh, the World Cup mascots? Oh. Hello, is somebody having a laugh at our expense? Well, Constantly. Do we, <laughs> exactly. Do we need a mascot? Well, yes, we do. Yeah. Um, you know, anything better than the... Uh, Lisa Simpson in Compromising Position 2012 <laughs> logo. <laughs> I mean, I've, I find it really odd. I mean, even Charlie Girling upstairs says, well, why, why can't we just have a cat or a dog or just a fluffy animal? Well, you know, the Americans had the American eagle. Did we've got, the we've got a one-eyed a thing. Kangaroo. We've got a one-eyed thing. It's not even normal. Oh, it, it's... I'm, I'm just trying to find them. I'm I mean, who to comes up them. with the names? Wenlock and Mandeville. Yes. Well, there is a village, isn't there, or, I think, called uh, Wenlock. Yeah, but what that's, what's that got to do with the Olympics? Well, I've got um, no idea. Yes, but we don't, yeah, well, what's yes, Wenlock we got to Olympic do with the Olympics? Mascot. It's got absolutely bugger all. Oh, oh well, sorry, the Olympics. But it's... <laughs> well, they are the uh, the mascots, aren't they? And you're sort of thinking to yourself, what is, what is the point of them? Mm. I've got no idea why we need to have mascots. And they've done a little film as well. I saw it. It's pathetic. So somebody's going to have to dress up, sorry, real people, uh, in these character costumes and run around. Yes, one of the papers has pictures yeah. of people in costumes. It's very, very strange, I'm afraid. Very, very strange. I don't... <coughs> <coughs> sorry. Oh, bless you. Another, <coughs> and another oh. one. Good Lord. I hope you didn't catch that at home. <laughs> Good Lord. You know what it is? It's because Anthony Davis said he had a cold coming on. I'm constantly surrounded by people with colds at the moment. I had it the other day when I came in. The poor man on security went, I've got a bit of a cold. Don't follow me. Yeah. As I rushed through with a handkerchief clutched in my mouth. And this, this other story which annoyed me, and I know James O'Brien did it the other day and Nick Ferrari, and this is about um, this 16-year-old boy who cannot be identified for legal reasons, who with his pal goes into a cathedral and writes obscenities in the hymn books and writes racist comments, and the magistrate, on sentencing him, says... Scum like you, 
you know, deserve to be vilified. Anyway, in the courts, one of the women who's, who's, who's running, looking after the court goes to the boy, you should take him to court for calling you scum. So they've demoted him from a magistrate uh, because he called this boy scum. I think, well, what do you think somebody is who desecrates hymn books? Anyway, the boy's father has backed the magistrate. He said, I was brought up Catholic, and uh, he says, I don't know why he's done what he's done. He's been a stupid boy. My family are church-going. You know, you don't want this kind of thing. I mean, it, I just find it unbelievable nowadays. Somebody goes to a church, writes obscenities in the hymn books, and they go, oh, well, you're not scum at all. You're actually a very nice, misguided little child, aren't you? No, you're not. You're scum. You know what you are. You're, a, you're just, you're not even worth, you know, having a, hanging around with. Just stupid. He wrote sexually abusive words in prayer books. I mean, am I losing the will to live here, or what? It's pathetic. It is pathetic, isn't it? It really is. And they also damaged a priceless John the Baptist cross. I mean, it is... Anyway, 900 people have joined this uh, magistrate support group. It's Hmm. ridiculous. His son was given an 18-month supervision order in order to pay £1,500 costs... The mother of the second youth said she's going to be making official complaint about Mr Malloy's comments. You stupid old bag. Are you stupid or something? Make an official complaint. My God, I think we know what sort of parents you must be. I'm making an official complaint because somebody dared to call your son scum. What do you think he is? Happy little soul? I tell you what, let's go write stuff all over your house. Let's write, fat bird lives here with pig of a son. And then just go, oh, that's all right, isn't it? Oh, it makes my blood boil, I'm afraid. I get so angry about things like that. What, what sort of parents are they? We know what they are. They appear on the Jeremy <clears> Kyle <throat> show, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I don't know, well, I, I don't know if I slept with her or not. Because I slept with her mum and her sister and the bird next to her. Oh, I, don't, I don't even fancy her. Well, that makes up the basis of every Jeremy Kyle programme. When Lock and Mandeville should be renamed Pony and Trap, says Simon <laughs> and Toot. Bag and clasp. <laughs> Stephen Harlington says, What do you give the person who has everything? Nothing. A sheet of plywood to make a box to keep it in. <laughs> Robbie in Hammersmith says, not all us road sweepers are Polish. They are round our way, mate. They are in, in Twickenham. Obviously, Hammersmith is more of you. We've only got eight. And they're all Polish. Which is good. Cartoon characters for the Olympics. Does that mean they think it's a Mickey Mouse affair? Says Stephen Arlington. Have um, you seen the I'm picture? I'm afraid it might be. Have a look at the, the picture of on the LBC website. It's just laughable. Actually, talking of laughable... I discovered myself on YouTube again yesterday. There's, and I'll, I'll explain what it is. We used to have a girl on Fives Company called Shari, and they liked Shari because she was quite ditzy, bubbly, and all the rest of it. Very busty sort of girl. And they decided to make a video with her. She was doing a song. I'm blowed if I remember the name of the song, but it's on YouTube. And they said, we, we're going to make a video, and we're going to do it after we finish doing the show one evening. So we, we finished doing the show in the afternoon. Lionel Blair... And me, and Paul Roseby, and the whole studio made this video. And what they've done is they've made a video showing the making of the video. Now, bearing in mind, at the time, (laughs) it's all very odd. We had to dress up. I'm sweating like a pig. Because I'm diabetic, and I'm also panicking, thinking that I've got to go to work down the road, and the time is getting ever nearer. In fact, we're into the last hour... And I've got to get to Grey's Inn Road to get to the studio, and I'm sweating. So Shari goes on, and she's talking to Rodri Williams. And uh, she goes, yeah, Steve was sweating like a pig. I've never seen a man sweat that much. And I'm sitting there, and I've got hair at the time. It's quite entertaining to look at. But they show the making of this, and it comes up as, it's on YouTube, Steve Allen, Five's Company, Shari. And it's a black and white video. And I sat there and watched it last night thinking... Well, everything was in those days. Everything was what? 
Black and white. Black and white. <laughs> what do you mean everything was black and white, you cheeky devil? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but there I am, in uh, in glorious black and white, dancing, if you please, but trying to... Oh, to my goodness. Have you seen it? No. Oh, oh right. I will Are you just thinking about the dancing bit? Yes. I will Dreadful, definitely be seeing this later. Oh, dear. It was absolutely awful, I'm afraid. 84850, steve at And now, John is uh, back to work today, despite the British Embassy's advice. He says, I cannot stay in another day after four days locked in. Quite dreadful outside. Roads ripped up, burning tyres, everything else. Dreadful. This is LBC 97.3. Morning, everybody. 28 minutes to six. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. It's LBC. For D, 84 million would make her very happy. She'd open an account for family, one for close friends, and start a charity. She says, then I'd go on a really long cruise, but I would be the first to know. I was reading the other day, I must mention this because it was, I, I found it a little bit um, poignant. Jerry Ryan, the Irish mm-hmm. broadcaster, yes. died. And uh, somebody very. Francis sent me in the magazine, which is their equivalent of, of Radio Times in Ireland, full of tributes to him. And at the end, it was almost as if you could substitute the name Jerry for Steve. Because it had, you know, Jerry, listen to you every morning, never, never knew you, but really, you know, we're going to miss you and yeah. miss Christmas and all this kind of thing. And then people writing and saying, I never phoned, even though I probably could have done, but uh, you were a friend to the family. And I thought, you could just substitute his name for mine. I've got letters like this. Exactly the same. And then, of course, I went to bed last night thinking, oh, God, I hope I don't do it tonight. Because oh, yesterday... Goodness me. I know, well, you know what it's like. You get to the age of 39 and you start <clears throat> panicking. Because I had a... We, we yesterday You've entertained... been panicking for a very long time. I have, haven't I? I know. <laughs> I panicked yesterday. We had a student coming in called Brian. And Brian want, wants to get into radio. Right. And so he'd, he'd already been in and had a look around the building, I think, before. And he came in yesterday because he wanted to interview me for his student radio. So, okay. Well, the trouble is, you know, you asked me a couple of questions. I could rabbit for the country. It doesn't matter to me. And so we, we, we're sort of chatting when he came in, and I'm, I'm explaining how small the booth is, because he's been on Nick Conrad's show, I think, Saturday, but not actually in our studio. I think he thought the little booth we were sitting in was our studio. Oh, I see. So I had to explain that it was just a little little voice booth. And so I said, what, what, what's your dream? He said, well, I'd like to be at LBC in 20 years' time. He said, I'll, I'll be running it. He said, and you'll be the main man. And I said, I don't want to break it to you, Brian. I said, but I don't think I'm going to be alive in 20 years' time. I said, it's a nice thought, but I said, it'll be... I said, I will be one of the oldest presenters in living memory. And uh, he smiled. You will be. Sorry, am <laughs> the oldest presenter in living memory. And I thought, it's a nice thought, isn't it? But I think he went away with looking at global mm-hmm. and looking how, how big it is and people all over the place and... You know, and I, I did point out the presenters, you know, we, we, we don't make a huge amount of money. We just sort of, you know, we make ends meet, oh, you know. And <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Brian, I know he's yes. listening this morning because he the, the best bit for him is between five and quarter to six for some reason. That's the time where he's he's sort of up ready. He's only 16. He's only 16, but he's 16. up five o'clock because when, when, when he stays at his dad's place, he's got one of those clock radios and it comes on at five. So he catches me at five. <clears throat> he's been listening for a few years now. So since he was 14. <laughs> but he's coming up 17 anyway. Uh, John in Bangkok is having baked beans on toast and a cup of Earl Grey. It is like Sir Sydney Rough Diamond out there, isn't it? You know. Well, yes, and, it is. Which is a bit. But the trouble is they've also burned down the Tesco Superstore. Oh, dear God. Well, that's heresy. I mean, <laughs> no, I think that's so absolutely disgraceful. You'll have to go up the road, I'm afraid, and go to um, <laughs> uh, Carrefour. <laughs> To Carrefour. Carrefour. Was that Carrefour Warehouse? No, no. <laughs> you know the, uh, the the French supermarkets, Carrefour? No. Oh, there's one in Wales. 
Well, why? I have no idea. Well, why would but, I know that? But there are two places you see where you can where you can buy kind of English-ish food. Oh right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there's Tesco, but that tends to be more Asian. But they burnt it down anyway. And Carrefour sells all the European stuff, so you can go off and get your camembert cheese oh, and your right. cheddar cheese and all of this. And it's very good. A friend of mine had a very shop good. in uh, Vienna, and he sold English goods mm. for English people. So he could get Earl Grey tea and. Little yeah. biscuits and stuff. Because I'm sure that everybody abroad thinks that the, that the Brits all sit down and have tea and tiffin in the afternoon and little tiny cakes and cucumber sandwiches. OK, some of us do, but that's not, you know... Do you remember tiffin? Sorry, I've had tiffin chocolate for bar. years. Chocolate bar. Oh, chocolate bar, yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry, yes. <laughs> tiffin. What happened to that? I don't know. Tiffin? It wasn't tiffin. There was. No, it wasn't. Um, there was. There was a, a chocolate bar called Tiffin, and it was milk chocolate with, I think, raisins <laughs> and little biscuit bits That's a picnic. It. No. No, that's with nuts and toffee inside. Caramel. Tiffin? You think it was called Tiffin? I know damn well it was. Don't start that language with me, young darn man, well, I tell you. I said, darn. darn well, Well, I said, Well, anybody else <coughs> heard of Tiffin? Shouldn't think so. It'll, oh, they will. It'll be a figment of your imagination They again. will. They'll remember. Now, we would have been talking to Nathan Morley, but unfortunately, he's, he's had a bit of a late night, and his head's not quite with it this he's morning. Drunk. So it's... Yeah, he's apparently working till 2am. No, he's, not. he's, no, he's not exactly, he's drunk again. He's been out on the pop. He's been out on the pop, and uh, he's come back, and he's swimming round in the pool with the dog, talking to it like he does all the time. He's listening to his programme right now. But they've done something in London, which I thought Nathan would be keen on, and I'm quite keen on as well, because there's a picture of two pensioners doing it in the paper today. Oh dear, that's a bit disturbing. Yes, Francis uh, and Winston are getting into action in Hyde Park. What have they set up? I've campaigned for years... It's a playground for pensioners. In other words, you've got... This has got a cross-trainer, sit-up bench, all sorts, but for pensioners. What's that? Cadbury's Tiffin Chocolate Bar. It was in the Irish shop. So, it they still exists. It up. We had it in Wales, for sure. Oh, did you? I didn't realise Cadbury's made it, actually. Oh, right. And if they still Cadbury's make it, even if they they I'm going to Ireland, chocolate. I'm going to buy some. I'd love to go to Ireland. So, anyway, so they, they have this, this playground... For adults, and it's in Hyde Park. It's £50,000 worth. Why? It costs this much. I've got no idea. Cheaper to build a building. And, and I've always said, you see the playgrounds, and I've often wanted to go there and hang from the top of the bars and swing and then, and then put my legs over it and hang by my legs. It's never going to happen. It's not going to happen, is it? Because yeah. I can't even climb a tree now. But, I mean, that's what I used to do. You know, you used to sort of... You, I, I could hang by my, bar, by my arms and then swing back and put my legs through and then hook my legs over and then drop my arms... This was many, many, many years ago, ladies and gentlemen. There was no chance for about 40 years. No, sorry, less than 40, about 30 years. Something like that. Ridiculous, isn't it? Paul, Steve, Italian prosecutors believe pizza in Naples may be baked in ovens lit with wood stolen from coffins dug up from the local cemetery. Oh. Investigators in Naples suspect thousands of small, lower-end pizza shops and bakeries may use wood from caskets to keep ovens burning. Pizza, one of the few symbols of Naples that still endures, is hit by the concrete suspicion that it could be baked with wood from coffins, according to the Italian Daily. According to tradition, Neapolitan pizza should be cooked in a stone oven with an oak wood fire. A gang might have set up a market for coffins, sold to hard-hearted owners of bakeries and pizzerias, looking to save money on wood, the journal said. Neapolitan pizza was invented in 1715 with the most world-famous margarita variant first cooked in 1889. I like a pizza, but I like proper Italian pizzas, not 
not pizza shop pizzas over here, because the Italians look at them and go, you eat that with pineapple on? I don't think so. You know, they, they have proper pizzas. Mm. And you don't like them thin. What's your I mean, favourite pizza? Um, well, I don't really have a favourite. It would, it would certainly be what I call normal, which would be very thin. Yes. With uh, probably just some cheese on it, mm. maybe some chorizo or something like that. I could eat pizza now. Oh, me too. Yeah. An American hot. A hot. Yeah. I used to do the quattro formaggi. Yes. Four, four cheeses one. Yeah, cheesy one. Mm, nice. But I don't do anything that's got deep crust and filled, all that sort of poncy stuff. We don't bother with that at all. But a, a quattro... In fact, we're, we're going to eat pizza now. I wonder if you can get a pizza... Yeah, you probably could, actually. A pizza now. Yeah, we can't have it, can you? I had, pe- I had um, Marmite on toast yesterday. That was nice. No, it's not the same as a pizza. We had mutton curry. I wouldn't eat interest you. We had a mutton curry one. That was good, wasn't it? Oh, it was great. We like that a lot. And you know it's very close to here. It's only on the other side of the square. I know, I know. Just past the Kentucky Fried Chicken that got the £19,000 fine for having mouse droppings and cockroaches in there. Luckily, it's all been done up since. Yes, and apparently... I'm going to no, monitor, though. No hand-washing facilities. No hand-washing facilities. How amazing is that? Yes, but, I mean, you know, you go round some restaurants, you think, let's just have a little look in the kitchen, shall we? No, you shouldn't. Yes, but it's a huge chain, and how many years has it been Franchise. There? Yes, the franchise. Still, you know, the, the franchise do insist on certain... Well, I've never heard of anybody dying things, yet. I would think. But it, it was the biggest yeah. fine they'd handed out, apart from yeah. the one to TGI Fridays in Covent Garden, which had mouse droppings all over the place. But the trouble is, now, I know, because I've been up with John Warrington, we've walked up where the Swiss centre used to be, mm. in the morning. We've seen rats running down corridors, uh, the, uh, you know, alleyways between yeah, the yeah. shops. Well, you will do. And that's in the morning. Well, apparently in London you're never more than three feet away from a rat. I'm quite close to you. Thank you. <laughs> and we do have mouse boxes in here. She hates it. She hates it. So I'm always talking about it. Uh, Ray and Barkingside. Morning Ray says, how about renaming the characters Slap and Tickle? <laughs> Although... Somebody else has written and said, Steve, the Olympic mascot should be a chav hoodie with an aggressive pit bull. That would be a more apt symbol of modern Britain. Wouldn't it just? Yes. I think they're having a laugh. I really do. Yeah. I think somebody is really winding us up because I can't believe that these are real. No, they are real. Let alone the least assumption thing. No, seriously, they're real. I know know we laugh at them, we look at them and go, why have we got a one-eyed character for a mascot? I know. I mean, well, maybe it's based on Gordon (laughs) Honestly, that's so cruel. But is it? But isn't it odd? It, somebody sat down in a room, and they submitted. They would have paid a fortune for a company to come up with these logos, and they'd be going, "These ones, okay. Will kids identify with?" It? To be honest with you, why can't it just be something like a British bulldog? Or well, does that signify something we're not else? Allowed now? to be British, are we? Because it might offend somebody. I couldn't give a flying Neither stuff could I. about offending anybody. So, you know, this rubbish that we have to deal why with. Why can't them. we vote for it? Why can't there be a television programme <clears throat> like, like we vote for everybody else? You know, I think we should be like America and be proud of our nation and start defending it and looking after it. Surprisingly, one of these characters does have the Union Jack on it. Oh, Wenlock good. does. Oh, right. Wenlock. Oh, actually, Mandeville does. Do they'll be asking out on the street today, hello, can you tell me the name of, the, the, of these characters? No. <sighs> And that's after they've spent all this money on publicity. It's pathetic. I just suppose it's because we're actually talking about it. Dave from Wakefield, he says, uh, you were right about Wakefield. Do you remember, I said the only good thing about Wakefield was a sign saying, you are now leaving Wakefield. <laughs> they used to say Wakefield twinned with, well, just about nobody, I'm afraid. You know, because nobody, what, twinned with Wakefield? I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, he said, I went down to see my GP on Tuesday, collapsed, and had to be resuscitated there and then. 
Lucky to find a GP in Wakefield. You were very lucky. He said, ended up in the local hospital and won't be going out for quite a while. But thank God I've got you to keep me entertained in the morning. I'm so happy for you. I couldn't be happy. Isn't that nice? Nice to know that the NHS is existing in Wakefield. And the fact that LBC reaches that far that we are your recovery period. I like that idea. I feel, I feel Nurse Allen could come round, you know, and administer. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? Yes, actually, it's a It'd horrible like vision of that. It would be like Nurse Ratchet. It would be. <laughs> in one flew yes. over the cuckoo's <laughs> Rain Barkingside said there was a bar called Tiffin. Oh, there was a bar called Tiffin. Well, I've just found it online. I, I showed yeah. you the Cadbury's one, which is currently being made. But the one I remember is that one. Fries. Chocolate Tiffin. Don't remember that. You don't remember that at I all? I remember Fries. I used to like Fries Turkish Delight. Fries... Yes. Chocolate cream bar, oh, and then yes. fries with five different colours in the, the fruit cream ones. Bar. The fruit ones that was yes. quite nice. And I tell you what, I do like. I like licorice comforts. I like licorice comforts or torpedoes. Oh, and yeah. I used to love a gobstopper. You could pop one in in the morning, no and you could, <laughs> and you could, you could go through all the colours. You said, "See, I remember uh, Tiffin. It was delicious. It was raisin and biscuit. Nothing quite like it." You see, yeah, all right. Well, these people you might see, be making it up. I remember. No, they don't. Our listeners don't make it. Well, P- Peter says there was definitely a chocolate Tiffin bar. Uh, it was sold in London. Mike in Shepparton says your guest is spot on with Tiffin. Oh, shut your face about the Tiffin bar. Jay says, I remember Tiffin from the 70s. Tracy says, Tiffin exists, naughty but nice. And Barbara says, Tiffin bars. I remember them. I've always lived in the London area. They were lovely. I think we've had quite enough Tiffin from everybody, thank you, this morning. I don't know, honestly. I don't believe any of you. I think you're all just making it up because you're on tablets, OK? That's what it is. I'm <laughs> surrounded by people on medication. Have another strawberry. Enjoy Thank yourself. You. Go on, push the boat out. <laughs> right, um, what is it? Quarter to six. Very overcast today, but yesterday uh, it wasn't as good the weather as I thought it was going to be. I thought we were going to have a bit more sunshine. But as I spent the most of it uh, up at Brinsworth, which I'll tell you about in a moment, um, I had a nice day anyway. Quarter to six. <laughs> These are the headlines. George Osborne has reaffirmed his commitment to cutting corporation tax to increase the competitiveness of British firms. We're going to find out later if the BA cabin crew strikes are back on or not. The five-day walkouts were due to start this week, and BA was granted a High Court injunction. The union appealed, and we're getting the results of that this morning. Drivers will be hoping a decision by Asda to cut two pence a litre off the price of unleaded and diesel will lead to a price war between supermarkets and two alien-like creatures called Mandeville and Wenlock have been unveiled as the London 2012 mascots. You can see them on lbc.co.uk. Let's have a check on the state of the roads. Morning, J. Louise. Good morning, Steve. Thank you. Well, still no major problems or issues to report on your main road. Point three. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. It's 12 minutes to uh, six. Nice to be company. This Thursday morning, yesterday, I went to Brinsworth, as you know. Brinsworth is that lovely house in Twickenham. They've got two houses. One is, is Brinsworth and the other one isn't. And they look after people in show business. You know, after they've fallen ill or things like that or they can't look after themselves. Uh, all for a variety of reasons. And I went up yesterday and had a fantastic time, actually, with Jack Seaton. Took me around the whole house. It's huge. There's the house and then they've built an extension at the side and at the back uh, where they've got 36 bedrooms. And some people are very sick and they get medical attention. 60 staff they've got there, and all the money from the Royal Variety performance goes to looking after the people. I think they look after about another 300 outside of Brinsworth. People get help with their bills and stuff like that. It really is lovely. And I met a guy yesterday, older members of my audience, will know the name Bob and Alf Pearson. Well, uh, Bob died uh, a while ago. Alf 
is coming up to his 100th birthday. I mean, it's fantastic. He's, he's going in to get his hearing aid fitted. He keeps losing his hearing aids, as you can imagine. And uh, so he said to me yesterday, he said, you'll have to speak up a bit. Well, anyway, I come home, having had a long chat to Jack Seaton, who tirelessly works together with all the other people up there. That's really just a great place, great place. And it's nice to see that people in the profession get, uh, get looked after properly. Matron wrote, wrote me a note, Sheila. And there's a lot of people up there, a lot of ladies who listen to LBC and listen in the morning because they start there quite early. And it's, it's non-stop. They've got bars for getting people in and out of. Lovely lady in the laundry room. Lovely lady who, th- who threatened to do my washing if I took it in there. So that's quite good. But um, I, I went on to YouTube and I typed in, just out of curiosity, Alf Pearson. And up comes, surprisingly, a, a piece of video footage taken from a Pathé newsreel of Bob and Alf Pearson. And it's really wonderful. Oh, you've got it up already? It's, it's on the uh, British Pathé website. It's on the British also. Pathé website. Oh, well yeah. done. And so it is on there. So, unfortunately, Jack Seaton doesn't have a computer. He keeps threatening to get one. But somebody up there must have a computer. And all you've got to do is go either to, to the Pathé website or the YouTube website, type in Alf's name, and up comes this, this little film of him singing and playing around the piano with his brother. It's fantastic. It's really good. So he's celebrating... Uh, on the 15th of June, his 100th birthday. Saw Richard O'Sullivan. He looks very good. Looks very good. It was really nice up there. I say thank you, everybody, very much indeed. Roger Kitter is now looking after uh, all the uh, the goings-on up there. And upstairs, they've got their offices, all these lovely theatre posters. It's really lovely. It was, it was a really, really good day. Very, very good go day. One day. Yeah, I it's nice. But it's almost like a little oasis, it's 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 just cut off. There's there's the main road and there's a garden in front of it. They grow all their own plants there. Out the back they've got mm. a greenhouse. It's really lovely. It's very nice. So well done everybody. I didn't eat because I was on a I was on my diet yesterday. I decided. I hate to tell you, says Paul, but Paul is spot on about oh will you shut up about Tiffin. He says you could always buy it on station platforms from chocolate machines, as well as that golden cup by Cadbury's and Aztec bars. Golden cup. Cold, isn't it? Small wonder I'm ill. Oh, I still love Aztec bars. Do you remember bars. Aztec bars? Oh, what was gosh. an Aztec? What was in an Aztec? It was um, chocolate on the outside, caramel inside, um, and like um, like a chocolate yeah. moussey oh, type Not thing. It was very good. A moussey type thing? Yeah. Sure? Yes. What was the bar that had... Was it mint cracknel? Do you remember mint cracknel? Mint cracknel, I do. That was quite nice. Yes. I think they only did mint, and, you, you sort of, and it, it shattered like bits of glass. Mm. So, Paul, thank you for that. It was like a dime bar. Oh, I loved dime bars. Well, you can still buy those. Oh, dime bars I loved. Oh, dear, we shouldn't be talking about all this sweet, actually. Um, uh, Another one here. Who is the closest relation a child can have, mother or father? Mother, I would think. I would think mother. That would be the closest bond, I would think. Well, I I should imagine these days it might have changed. It's the one that doesn't work full-time. Mother. I've been sent a picture of... This is the Siam Theatre... Yes. Thought you'd like to across, know. That's burnt the out. Street, yes, no, that's, that's, been, that's gone completely. Yeah, it's been gone, gutted. Yeah. John's just sent that yeah, one in now. It's one of the oldest uh, theatres in Bangkok. Yeah, not anymore. Not anymore. Not no. anymore. It's gone, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it dreadful the way that people can vandalise things? Nick Ferrari was talking the other day about uh, Parliament Square. It's now just been taken over by these protesters. You know, all right, we, we applaud everybody's right to protest. But, frankly, we've seen the pro- protest. Thank you enough already. Mm. Enough already. Now, go yeah. away. You know, had the Thai protesters, they have a huge park in the middle of 
Bangkok or Lumpini Park. And had they confined themselves to the park instead of disrupting the traffic and building barricades and stopping people going about their business, they would probably have got a lot further than they have because, really, now they've got nowhere. Yes. The trouble is... It's people are allowed to protest about something, but when they destroy things that people yeah. have spent their lifetime building up, I don't think they do their cause any good mm. at all. And I've seen so much over the years of, uh, of just dreadful things. Chris says, I like the Steve Allen breakdancing video. Thank you. Yes. Actually, there's also a very funny one with Roy Hudd uh-huh. interviewing Charles Hawtrey oh, on a chat show. And it's very interesting because it then leads on to other things. And you've got Charles, who's quite clearly well the worse for wear, and going, well, I was in the films. I I was in... And, it, you know, Charles, of course, <laughs> who was dropped from the carry-ons because he unfortunately drank quite a bit. Although there's another bit, which is even funnier, which is Kenneth Williams doing a chat show and his guest is Barbara Windsor. Oh. And Bar- Barbara looks exactly the same comes on, and, and he goes, well, yes, and I, I was invited to the wedding. And he goes on like this, and Barbara says, excuse me, can I get a word in edgewise? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't let her speak. It's very good. The stuff you get on YouTube, it's absolutely... Scott, you'll love it. Go, you've probably seen it already, but it's, it's very, very... You're very busy today, aren't you? You're trying to keep the weight down. But, um, have you seen the uh, new book, <laughs> says Brian Ealing Common, about the carry-on star Charlie Hawtrey, called The Funny Fellow With Glasses? Well, there is another book... And it's and I've got it, and it's called the man who was Private Whittle, because in I think carrying up the Kyber, I think he was Private Whittle. Yes. When we were little, we used to say that, didn't we? I came for a Whittle, <laughs> but he he was Private Whittle. Strangely yeah. enough, being Campus Christmas, he was always the one who was after the girls in the film. So you'd have sort of a busty girl there, and he'd be going, "Thank you," kind of thing. But you you have to you have to check it out. Just type it anybody's name on YouTube, and up comes. You know, all these different, fantastic little films which are well worth watching. Maggie from Bromley says, Steve, I'll, I'll take you to Ireland on holly, holiday. Thank you. Actually, being on, born on St. Patrick's Day. Actually, uh, Johnny, my Sunday boy, he's also celebrating his birthday on uh, Johnny, my Sunday boy. I'm in a world on a different world. Must have another strawberry. And uh, he's exactly the same birthday as me. But I've just got the Tiffin chocolate bar in Ireland. Stephen Arlington says, if the pizza was first made in 1715, no wonder the damn things are rubbery. <laughs> he says, mouse droppings? I thought they were small olives. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, dear. And Stephen South London says, I'm actually the mascot, and I'm trying on the outfit in two weeks' time. I got the job six months ago and can't wait. I'm so happy for you. I'm really happy. Much Wenlock is a village in Hartford. Sorry, Hereford. I was thinking of Hartford, because in Hartford, Hereford and Hampshire, hurricanes hardly ever happen. Uh, Stephen, I keep seeing elephants. I see they're for sale. How much are they? Uh, They go from about £9 up to about £70 or £80. But the big ones, they're going to be auctioning off, I think, which is quite nice. Uh, Sarah, yes, Richard O'Sullivan is at Brinsworth. He gets the most requests for people asking for his autograph. People write every day and and get his, uh, his autograph. Lovely, which is nice. Uh, might be the last chance to visit the gardens in Peacham on Sunday. Walk round Tommy Steele's old garden, Montrose House Elm Lodge, where Dickens wrote Nicholas Nickleby and Peacham Lodge and eight others. It's an aid of... Um, oh, it's a lovely opportunity, an aid of cows in the meadow. Hmm. Quite like the sound of that. That sounds like quite a good one, doesn't it? Petershamvillage.co.uk. 
Very unique experience, says Jay. So, www.petershamvillage.co.uk. I like the idea of that. That's, that appeals to me. When's that? That's Sunday. I could do that, actually, on Sunday. Um, <laughs> uh, Dale, yes, and you, you should be happy now. Did you get my, my message yesterday, Dale? Did you get my, my text yesterday? Should have done. Should have made you very happy yesterday. Very happy. Right, uh, very quickly. Oh, we're going to talk to Roger Foss later. He's, yes. he's been for this osteopathy. Osteopathy. But uh, he did go to see Lee Mead and the new cast in Wicked. And they were all Lee there. Lee Mead? Lee Mead in is in Wicked. Wicked. Well, he, he's, he's oh. not one of the main roles. The right. main role, because it's a girls' show. Yes. The girls are the main roles. He's the, um, the prince. Right. right. And apparently... Now, I don't want... Oh, bless you, dear. I don't want to be... <laughs> Come in here again. She's got flu. And um, so he's, he's apparently... He hasn't got as much hair as people think he has. And if you've got curly hair, when it's all sort of flowing out behind you, it makes you look a bit balder. Right. So I think they're trying to find... It'd be easier if he put a wig on, I think, to sort of mm. keep it down. But Gareth Gates was there. Because my friend was coming out of the toilet as Gareth Gates was going in. He went, God, it's Gareth Gates. He said, he's so thin. I said, well, when we did Gareth in here, he was, he was very thin. Mm. I mean, he's, he's, he's even thinner than you think. Because he's, he's tall, but he's thin. A bit like me, actually. I'm sort of tall and shuttered. Slim. Yes. Uh, we'll have the horse racing as well. We'll find out how well uh, Sam... Oh, no, we've not got the horse racing today. No, and there's a reason, Alex, why we've not got it. It's because Sam's away. So Claire's doing it. And so she, she, she's coming to grips with the news without worrying about the horse racing. So we're going to shelve it, unless I'm going to pick one each well, day. Well, we could pick one. Yeah, we all right. We could do worse, could we? Let's well, that's face a, yeah, we'll yes. actually pick one. We'll actually pick yes. one today. Well, uh, there we are. Get, get Amanda to do it, then you can blame her for that as that's well. That's true. That's fantastic. Then we can blame her. Blame it on the little person, you see? I can blame it on the sunshine, blame it on the moonlight, but blame it on Amanda kind of gets my vote. The brand new album from Howard Goodall. Morning, team. Nice to have you company. Thursday. But you're all pleased it's Thursday. I'm very pleased it's Thursday. I don't know why this week, but I've, I've started. It's still a little bit chilly, but we've had some nice weather. And uh, hopefully this weekend, they've said it's going to be record temperatures. 24 degrees, which means barbecue time, which is fantastic. Paul Savory's here. He's just filling in a questionnaire at the moment. <laughs> yes. Which we're not allowed to go into because it'll be appearing on the LBC <laughs> website. Which everything appears on the LBC website at the moment. Absolutely everything including the pictures of our new mascots. I mean, you have to have a look at them to realise that somebody who quite clearly had one or two glasses of Liebfrau Milch must have then gone, let's make this the mascot, and somebody else has gone, you're off, you're... let's do it anyway, let's have a laugh. Richard says, Bob and Alf, because we were talking earlier on, of uh, uh, Alf Pearson, who comes up to celebrate his 100th birthday next month, and uh, bright as a button... He says, uh, they were members of the Variety Club Golfing Society and after their match put on a show for the members of my Surrey Club along with Don Smoothie and Don Lang with his trombone, among others. Well, I was looking at all the theatre posters the other day and, in fact, um, it's, it's just absolutely wonderful, you know, to see that these, uh, these old variety performers are still being looked after and they're still being, you know, kept and they've, they've got some great... Th- he said to me yesterday, because he's coming to 100, he said, he said, we, we worked around the world. And I thought, you were big. You know, he, in terms of big, he was big, for God's sake. And that's why when you go onto YouTube, you just check out people's name. And, uh, and Jack Seaton and I were going around looking at all the posters and things. It was just great. And then we looked in the garden at the back of Brinsworth, and they've got plaques there to um, uh, Alan Freeman 
and to Hilda Baker and to John Inman and people like that. And Charlie Drake, who, as we'd said at the time, he was, he was quite rude to the people up there. He was very rude. And uh, I th- somebody said to me, I'm probably breaking a confidence, but when he actually arrived, he said, uh, you either call me Miss Mr Drake or Charles. And that was one of the nice things he Not said. Not Charlie, yes, he was a bit of a rude man, Apparently he was terrible. He? he was apparently awful. People used to talk about him. I mean, we, we laugh now because he's not here anymore. Uh, John has sent uh, more pictures from, uh, from Bangkok. Thank you very much indeed for all of these. Uh, oh, dear, it's just devastation, isn't it? It's, it's almost like a, a rocket attack. But thank you very much indeed for well, these, John. I hope you're... They are using rockets. Yes, they are. Uh, Dino is in uh, Cyprus. It's, it's no wonder Nathan's in the pool with the dog. It's hot, hot, hot. It is very hot, actually. She said, tell him to come to uh, Lord Kitchener's in this place that I can't pronounce, and I'll buy him a coffee. That'll wake him up. <laughs> oh, lovely. D- Dale. <laughs> I'm going to show that to Paul Savory. This is a nice thing from, from Dale, the boat, who's obviously enjoying the, uh, the weather, which is lovely, as we, uh, as we bake in the heat over here. Uh, and Barry says, <laughs> Tiffin was used as a euphemism for a bit of how's your father. That's right. They used to they say a uh, little, little bit of Tiffin this afternoon. It's like barber shops used to say, after you'd had your haircut, it never happened in, in women's hairdressers. <laughs> but um, men, men would have their hair cut, and then at the end, the barber would say, and uh, something for the weekend, sir. <laughs> and I used to go, what, you're providing food and everything? I mean, how cool was that? Wonderful. Mm. Uh, Philip says, as it's going... <laughs> Dale, Dale, thank you. Dale Steve says, yes, you can have the extra year. <laughs> Philip says, is it going to be very hot by Friday? <laughs> will the papers have pictures of young women running through the surf in a skimpy bikini? And will they have the few water scorcher headline? There will be a picture of somebody running through, probably in a fountain in Trafalgar Square in a bikini. And there will be a picture of me running through the surf, you know, with a beach ball held over my head, <coughs> you know, which is a very attractive Again. Look. And it will say, few water scorcher, as Britain boils in 84 degrees. It'll be something like that. Of course it does. It'll be something I, silly. I think they just use the same one over and over. They just change the pictures. Well, I've always said, every year... Oh, coffee and chocolate? Oh. Coffee and chocolate, yes, yeah. why not? Okay, she's yes, Can we have some chocolate? Oh, we had this yesterday. Can you oh, melt dear. some chocolate Yesterday she was having so one of... Yeah, can you do some, some strawberries on the top? Yeah. Yesterday, we had a dreadful day. But honestly, I don't know what's the matter with her. She's obviously, I don't know. Bacon sandwich thing? Well, no, she didn't have it. She had, we, had, we had all this sort of malarkey about, you know, you've got sausages and I'm vegetarian and it's insulting eating them in front of me. So I held her down and shoved it in her mouth. And uh, anyway, so, uh, we lost, I've forgotten where I got to actually on this conversation. I've lost the track of it. I've lost the track of it. But I must quickly, just while Paul's typing up the answer to his, uh, his done quiz. It. Oh, you've done it already? I've done it. Oh, well done. fingers first, I tell you. Cheryl Cole... According to the Daily Star, so throw it out with the bathwater, this one, threw the X Factor into chaos by refusing to sign a new million-pound contract. This is the biggest pile of rubbish I've ever read in my life. She owes everything to Simon Cowell. She owes everything to Simon Cowell. There is no way that she would ever not sign. It's as simple as that. Peter Andre is to write a romantic song. Oh, dear God in heaven. <laughs> I wouldn't hold out your oh, hopes for this one. Oh, stop mocking Peter. He's a nice chap. I'm sure he's lovely. I'm sure he's lovely. I just think he's a bit... For a 37-year-old man, he's just a bit drippy. Listen, I want him to be a bit more... If we looked like him when we were 37... But excuse me, when I was 37, I did look like him. No, you didn't. I did so. No, I was used to... Listen, there is a picture of me in Dale's book with my shirt off in a discotheque. I look like Peter yes, Andre. and a clearing around you. <gasps> that is just so hurtful, ladies and gentlemen. Lembit Opic, apparently, has, has uh, 
has got a job as a stand-up comic. Yes, because you're very funny. You weren't any good at politics, but very funny. And uh, more on Cheryl Cole, who apparently got paid a quarter of a million the other day for performing in Cannes. She only had two hit singles. Sings <laughs> flat as a pancake. We've got a quarter of a million. There's hope for all of us. I'm going to go out there and start singing. And uh, Martin Smith is the man who's up on these charges. He was a psychic who appeared on Most Haunted. Now, I've seen... I've mm. seen bits of Most Haunted. It's a pile of old rubbish. It really is. Oh, of course it is. It's, it's but why do people buy not into real, it? Is it? I don't know. It's silly, I, isn't I it? I can't even see that it's good entertainment. It's not. It's just rubbish. Made by a former Blue Peter presenter and a husband. <laughs> yes, That's I all know. I can tell you. I, I do know, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, I mean, anybody can set up a pro... I mean, Darren Brown does it very, very well. Mm. But I, I don't see why... You know, people take it seriously. Paul O'Grady did it. Why on earth? Because he, he likes that kind of thing, unfortunately. Oh dear. And guess who's been banned from driving for twenty months after admitted drink driving? Now, admittedly, he doesn't own the company anymore. He sold it to his brother, but it still bears his name, Eddie Stobart. Oh. Now, really? Eddie Stobart lorries are known the length and breadth of this land. They are. You know, people wave at the drivers because they're clean, not they're the clean. drivers. The lorries. Yes. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't own the company. He sold it out years and years ago to his brother. But he was breathalyzed and uh, had 70, whatever it is, of alcohol in his breath. The limit is supposed to be 35. He was twice the legal limit. So he's been banned for 20 months. Mm. Unfortunately, and the worst thing is, as far as I'm concerned, you still go, that's Eddie Stobart. That lorry's got his name in the biggest letters on the side. I know he doesn't own the company, but you still go, Eddie Stobart. And I think mm. that people go, oh... That's such people are going to be waving beer bottles out, you know, the window at the, uh, at the drivers of these things. But uh, we do know them, and you can buy little copies of, of their, their lorries and stuff like that. You can. I quite, I quite like that. Do you, do you collect toy. cars or anything? Do you, no, but I know Dale does. Yes, he does. Oh, yeah, but he, he collects the serious things. He collects serious models. Oh, I've got something to tell him. Have you? Oh, yes. I can we'll use do. this programme. Oh, OK, you can use this programme to tell him. It's quarter past six. We'll have a chat to uh, Roger Foss in a moment. <laughs> News headlines, Claire Miller. In his first major speech as Chancellor, George Osborne's reaffirmed his commitment. Three. I do love a Baileys, Dale. I do lo- I tell you what's really nice. A Baileys is quite nice with a brandy in it. I know people say you can't mix the whiskey and brandy, but believe you me, you can. Mm-hmm. And if you and I've I've had it before at home. You put some ice in a glass. Get, you get, go, go to the fridge, then you do a shot of Baileys, mm. about ha- half a tumbler, and then you do a shot of, of brandy, and it's very nice. Yes. We should point out to the listeners that he's mm. not in this country. Yes. And it's actually quite <laughs> late at night where he is. Yes, yeah, so it's OK. <laughs> he's not having Baileys for breakfast. <laughs> anyway, off to the theatre now, in the company of uh, Roger Foss, still limping, poor soul, honestly. Occupational <laughs> hazard with you, isn't it? I think it must be. It's too many standing ovations, I, I would imagine, in theatres, and suddenly standing up and applauding everybody, and then twisting your knee. Yeah. But uh, up and no, down, I'm like a yo-yo. You were, I'm afraid. I'm afraid so, and especially with Wicked this week, because yeah. Uh, yeah, huge standing ovation, of course. But um, no, I'm off to see the osteopath uh, this morning. So hopefully, uh, those healing hands will work. And I was wa- watching Wicked, and I thought. Actually, I could do with a few of those magic spells at the moment yeah. myself. But, uh, yeah. Brand um, new cast wicked. in. Uh, they, they've re- replaced everybody. I should point out as well, <coughs> even though uh, the other night, I mean, everybody was up and down like yo-yos. It was standing ovations. I believe that one of, one of the songs got a standing ovation in the middle of it, which was sung by one of the girls. 
Yes, it's uh, it's it's amazing to think that Wicked is approaching its fifth year. Yes, I know. It's uh, extraordinary, and of course, I can't think of many shows that would have a cast change that would attract almost the world's press mm. who were there. I know Lee Mead is now one of the new cast members, but nevertheless, there's something quite special about Wicked, I, mm. I think. I, I, I've become wikified myself after seeing it so many times. I, I think I've turned into one of those incurable wikimaniacs. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, I mean, every to... time I've been to see it, and I've probably seen it about about four or five times now. It's full of young girls. They know the songs. They absolutely love it. It just has captured the imagination. I know, I know the producer very well. And oh, yeah, I've said right. well, five years. F- who'd have believed it? Five years. Yeah, well, it's... Um, I think it always was when it opened, and it, and it, and it will be now. It's, it's actually a magical musical masterpiece. Mm. It, it sort of... It gets under your skin, doesn't it? Whether yes. you're a teenage girl or a, or an old bloke, I think it. And this cast is spellbinding. This new cast, they make sure that it's as fresh and as green as the day it opened in September 2006. And I, I was quite, quite, quite gobsmacked. Actually, Lee Mead, of course, uh, has brought his own audience yes. uh, along. So, as well as attracting people and and doing extremely well. Um, it suddenly Lee Mead's in it, and so all the all the Lee Mead fans want to go and see it. And uh, of course, he's playing the prince, which is not the main role. So I think the Lee Mead fans who turn up um, sit there for the, the first thirty minutes, thinking, "Well, where is he?" <laughs> but um, it's, yeah, it's so not he, a huge part, is it? It's not a huge part, but uh, I think it's a good choice for him. Actually, yeah. he hasn't got the demands of carrying the show. And I think at the moment he probably needs a bit of space because of having the new baby. He only yes. born a few, actually a few days ago, really, a yeah. week or two ago. So um, he's chosen very carefully. I've got a lot of admiration for him since doing the Joseph on, on telly. And, uh, yes, OK, so he, he was in that and, um, and, and wore the loincloth and is now a dad. But he actually took time off and went to New York and went to acting school and... Uh, and, and I think he really wants to choose what he does very carefully now. Yeah. So this is a good choice for him. And we'll keep him busy for the next, well, I think it's for nine months, isn't it? Or yes. certainly into next year. Yes. But the rest of the cast is fantastic as well, this new cast. Mm. Louise Dearman playing Galinda, absolutely fantastic. Rachel Tucker was another reality TV discovery. She was She wanted to be one of the... Maria's at one point, didn't she? But she didn't get it, and she went into We Will Rock You. She was absolutely fantastic in this, and now she plays the green girl, and uh, <laughs> El Faba, and she gives... I, I mean, you you know, the word Stella comes into it, because she gives one of those Stella performances. Mm. And when you get to that point at the end of the first act, defying gravity, that number, when she flies into the air... You think, well, that's surely the best end of the first mm. half of any yes, musical yes. ever written. Julie Legrand is fantastic as Madame Morrible. And I, I was pleased to see Clive Carter just out of Priscilla. Um, he was in Priscilla uh, playing the wizard now. And probably the best wizard yet. Because mm. he's one of the only wizards who, who could actually sing. But yes, um, I don't think any of the other wizards... I mean, they've had all sorts of people in there. And it's, it's a lovely part. And I, I love the whole, the whole bit of it. But you're right, it, it needs a really good singer. It does, really. It's that kind of old-time singing as well that you need for that character. Nigel Planer was the original wizard in London, wasn't he? But, I mean, he didn't quite get that. But, no, so 
all round, I think this is amazing. And I was watching this show, and I thought, right from the very beginning, as an audience, you really have to work quite hard, because you suddenly find yourself, there's all these monkeys flying around, there's Galinda arriving on a, on a bubble from nowhere, there's Munchkinland characters, there's this strange Oz language they all use, the mad costumes, and right up to that moment when the little tiny green baby is born, you, you just have to think, well, where am I? You're in Oz. And by that time, that show's grabbed you and it doesn't let go until the very end. Yeah. Although, I, I have to say, somebody told me after the show uh, the other night that um, the cast were very nervous. And I thought, mm. well, I suppose you would be with all the press there and everything. But nevertheless, it wasn't that. It was because there were some technical problems going on and uh, you would never have known it. Mm. Never yeah. have known it. But uh, Big thumbs up. No, so big, big thumbs up. Thumbs up, yes. Grab your broomstick and go off to see Wicked and start bouncing through life. I thought, yeah, um, I've, I've turned into a, 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 as I say, I've turned into a wiki maniac. Absolutely, that's what we liked here, because you are popular. You're going to be popular. Oh, I hope so. Good. Now, uh, today, you're, just very quickly, you're hobbling down to the old Vic in the secret hobbling. tunnel under Waterloo. I'm hobbling. What yes, I'll be tunnel? hobbling. <laughs> well, um, the old Vic has discovered these tunnels underneath Waterloo Station, and they've created a, 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 a little theatre there. Mm. Um, uh, well, it apparently seats 160 people. There's, oh. They've got seating. Yeah. Um, the seats apparently have been given by, uh, donated by Banksy, of all people. And this company, Punch Drunk, are pretty good at putting on plays and shows in unusual places. And it's a play called Ditch. So I, I'm quite interested to go anyway, not to see the play, but just to go to these tunnels, because they're saying that um, it was where people used to go and uh, seek refuge during the, during the, uh, mm. during the Blitz. And uh, I had a note from the press people saying, you know, be careful when you come because you must not wear your best shoes and bring warm clothing because it can get chilly under there. <laughs> Want to come and sit so, here? <laughs> not that I wear my best shoes anyway when I go well, out. You don't but... have any. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> wear your plimsolls when you go out, don't you? Well, I have to now. I'm limping, don't I? Exactly, because you've got to do things like that. Well, listen, in- enjoy that. And uh, yes, we'll, we'll recommend again that people go along to... Uh, yeah, to see I'll let Wicked's you know about that next show. week. And, and yes, Wicked, of course. And, of course, the, the interesting point next year, won't there, when The Wizard of Oz opens at the Palladium. Yes. So you'll have um, the backstory of The Wizard of Oz yeah. and The Wizard of Oz both at the same time in the West End, which oh. uh, has never happened before, I don't think. No, I don't <laughs> think so. I don't, but uh, interesting. Thank you so much for that, Roger. Wish you well with your, with your feet you. and all the rest of it. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll do my best. I'll keep, I'll keep Hobble standing on. on one leg. I've got one exercise where I have to stand on one leg. I, I'm not doing that at the moment. I'm sitting down. But yeah. nevertheless, it seems to work. I know the feeling. <laughs> well, listen, good luck with that. We'll talk to you next week. OK, bye. Take care. Bye. Roger Foss. So, big thumbs up for Wicked. Lee Mead's in. It's not, it's, you don't see him at the beginning. It's not, it's not a huge part, the one that he's got. But he's, uh, he's picked carefully. But it's a great show anyway. It really is a great, great show. The mascots have a theme... Mandeville connects with Mandeville Hospital, mm. and uh, and you can go and be inspired, says Iceman. Uh, Lola says the Cracknell and Chocolate Mint Bars were Blitz, and they did an orange variety too. I think the the uh, the, the the Cracknell one was called Milk, called Mint Cracknell. I remember. Yes, I think you're right. And Simon says his dad wrote the advert for Tiffin in the seventies. 
You see? Didn't even know there was an advert for Tiffin. What would be, What was the advert for Tiffin? Can't remember. Yeah. Sure, it's on YouTube. Much Wenlock is in Shropshire, says Chris. Not Herefordshire. People are so picky about where places are. Oh, it's so like, they should it's be, like whenever I fill in the, the address here and it goes, um, you know, where are you? And you, you, you type London. Then it goes, uh, you know, county. And you go... Well, at London. So you put London in again, it comes, it rejects it. So you have to put Greater London. That's so annoying. Uh, how about LBC 97.3 mascots uh, for the Olympics? You could all design them. They could be the models of all horses you picked that won. So they'd just be kind of one, wouldn't they, I suppose, really? And, um, and uh, Alan in Clayhall is laughing at the mascot photo, too. Thank you. I'm so happy for you all. And, uh, Steve, regarding the World Cup mascot, my first thought was... It'll be a huge money-making idea. Well, th- it's going to be the image, isn't it? They- they've done it in China for the Olympics, and they had uh, their little key rings with live fish in there, didn't they, For the when they did the Beijing Olympics. And people were going, are you sure this is right? Mm. They're going, yeah, because they have things mm-hmm. like that. Over here, we've just got two peculiar-looking objects. But uh, I'm sure that you'll grow to love them, ladies and gentlemen, as indeed we all grow to love these balmy ideas mm. dreamt up by crackpots in an office over a small bottle of Asti Spumanti. Uh, Nick Ferrari, no doubt, will be talking about it later. You can see the pictures of them if you go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk. Uh, so, I mean, if, if you weren't going to go for that, what would be your alternative Olympic mascot? Oh, and apart from me. You know, I could see mm. myself as an Olympic mascot. Well, what we go for? What about a mint cracknel. Mint cracknel. Oh, well, you'll be pleased to know, by the way, if you go on to doyouremember.co.uk, there's a forum where you can talk about mint cracknel. Oh, for goodness <laughs> sake. Is there nothing, ladies and gentlemen, that is sacred? <laughs> OK. Listen, what we'll do, we'll take a short break for the uh, news. Other side of that, we're going to pick the horse today. We are going to be the people who pick the horses. How cool is that? We can't do any worse, can we? Let's face it, so we, we will pick a horse in a moment right here. On LBC. LBC 97.3. 26 minutes to uh, 7. Alex says, Yesterday I said we were rubbish, and to prove our point, we sucked. Does Paul want to go? Well, he, he might, because yesterday our boy Barrington, picked by Alex, uh, came out of nine runners, seventh. So we lost two pounds on that one. Total profit, two pound forty. Uh, the newsroom nag, as picked by um, our man in the know, was Wedding March. Out of eight running, it came eighth. <laughs> He's I mean, our man in the know. What does that tell well, you? Well, I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, you just feel depressed. So, total loss is now £33.84. Now, as a result, Sam Pittis has gone into rehab for six days. We'd do very well if we just told them which ones to avoid. Yeah, anything that we pick. <laughs> I'm quite sure that the jockeys there... Are in the state, they're listening. Oh, Steve Allen, listen to the Steve Allen show. And, uh, oh God, he's picked us. They're, they're, they're from China, they're Welsh, most of yes. them, and Welsh. And they say, uh, Steve Allen's picked us. Okay, let's not bother saddling up. Let's just stay in because we're going to lose. Because that's just the way we go. So today, we have picked this one. Okay, we've, we've worked very carefully at it, Alex. Alex has gone for the 8.45 at Salisbury, Sea of Heartbreak. That was a song, wasn't it? Sea of Heartbreak. Last time alone yes, 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 it was, you're right. Caress, so divine. Don Williams, I do believe. Was it? I thought yes, he recalled a gypsy was. woman. Didn't well, he? <laughs> he also did Sea of Heartbreak. Yes. Are you sure? This was after the gypsy woman had gone. Oh, OK. Well, anyway, yes. we, we've decided to pick, Alex, the 340 at Weatherby. Two left boots. Two left boots, the 340 at Weatherby. It's got the word winner stamped all it. If this thing doesn't win, I should go and push it round the track myself. It wasn't Don Williams, it was Don Gibson. Thank Sorry. you. <laughs> You're wrong again. Yeah, well, you, yes, but you were doing Elvis Presley. Or well, some, no, something just like all that. my singing sounds like Elvis Presley. It's not intentional. 
<laughs> as you can imagine. Or Kiri Tikanawa. Or, 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 as, as, as was he, on, the, on the television the other day, Kiri Tikanawa. Yes, they called or the Nolans. Tikanawa. <laughs> the Nolans. Oh, yeah. God. You I sound like them sometimes. I tell you, the, uh, the ghastly Denise, what's her name? Thingy. From Loose Women is now doing a reality show. You know, obviously, you know, after we've had the story of I was drunk and kept falling over and slept with this person and did this and did drugs and all the rest of it. Now they've obviously decided she's worth talking about. So they've given her a reality show with the even worse Carla Romano from GMTV, the woman who can't get anything right at all. And it was only shoved over there so he could get rid of her from this country. Now she's popping up on the show, going round, talking to the rich and famous. If I was rich and famous... I will be locking my door. Okay, have to think about that one very carefully. And here's a woman in the paper today facing trial in in Pakistan for allegedly murdering her husband. Is on benefits in Britain. Of course she is. To the tune of one thousand three hundred quid a month. And the reason that she's not working is because she suffers from depression. I'm not blooming well surprised. I'd be ecstatic if I was getting that much money for nothing every month. She says I don't work because I have depression. Well, I've, look at this little thing here. Look at her. Look at her. Bless her heart, honestly. I know. She struggles to afford fake tan for her legs. I've seen some days she comes in, she's put gravy browning on. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's dreadful. And a pencil line up and the back. And a pencil line up the back. She thinks she's in the war years. She's quite happy, though. But, I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous. £1,300 a month in benefits. Not surprised we don't, people don't work in this country. All this rubbish about I'm suffering. But how do we know you're suffering from depression? Somebody told me. Somebody told me I'm suffering from it, so we have to give people money. I just really but don't This is exactly it. why. This is yeah. a, a prime example of why we really need a real shake up of the benefit system. It's too easy. It's too easy to claim money nowadays. I just hope they do it. Well, I hope so. Well, they've got every opportunity. I've noticed, having told you about the ghastly Terry family, this is uh, John Terry. Mm-hmm. Remember John Terry who had the affair? And then the, uh, then the mother, who's a little bit forgetful when it comes to paying for goods, and the father who sells wraps. And now it turns out that his brother is having an affair with a teammate's girlfriend. Fantastic. I mean, it's just unbelievable, this family. They just get worse and worse Are and worse. Are you sure this isn't a plot from Footballers' Wives or something? Well, I, do you know, it's, uh, Paul31 has followed in John's footsteps by secretly seeing Lindsay Cowan, fiancé of Rushton and Diamond's goalie. I mean, I've never heard of her, to be honest with you, but, I mean, that's her claim to fame. She's sleeping with another one, one of the Terry family. What a ghastly family they are. Uh, Jackie says, I have good memories of Charlie Drake. He bought me and my brother a box of fireworks when we were looking at them through a shop window after my dad said he couldn't afford them. Unfortunately, he turned awful. I mean, he was hated. He was absolutely mm. hated, poor soul. Uh, Tim is a listener in Shrewsbury. Is it Shrewsbury or Shrewsbury? Well, Shrewsbury. Shrewsbury, is it? Okay. And uh, Wellock is named after a village called Muchwenlock, because that's where a doctor started the Olympic Games. Oh. Oh, right. Riveting. And uh, Mandeville is to represent Stoke Mandeville, as in Paralympics. And the other mascot, Steve, is to represent the town where the original person lived who thought up the concept of the Olympic Games. And I thought the person who thought up the Olympic Games was from Mount Olympus. I thought, I thought it was Greece. Weren't they all running around naked? Well, you know, going clutching. back a long time. Well, that's what it, it can't was, be started in a village in this country. Can oh, it, it was. The Olympics? It was. It was. It was kind of reinvented here. Oh right. Oh right. Sorry, reinvented. 
Well, well, I thought the Greeks did it. That's where it, that's where it came yes, from. Yes, that's what I said. They did originally, yeah. but it was it was started again in this country. I like the idea of running naked. I, f- I feel you know, especially if you're doing the baton, you know, the relay race. Yes, you know, it's in this hand. Hello, hello. <laughs> yes, you just want them to make a mistake, don't you? Absolutely, paint it green. I used to love that, you know, because we were when we were doing this at school. We used to have. I used to. I always used to go for the green baton. I don't know why they say pick a baton. And you'd be running towards them. Well, the green idea... means go. That's why. Oh, right. Psychological, okay. I suppose. Well, not you'd have a red one, wouldn't you? But we used to have sashes as well. And you'd put your sash on, so you'd all be in the green team. And then you'd be running towards me. You'd go, run, run now! And then and you'd go, no, you're too fast. I can't keep up with you. Trying to hand over me a little green stick. But there you go. It was all good fun. Paul. Steve, a British designer has created a diamond-studded, gold-plated version of the new Apple iPad, oh. you'll be pleased to know. It's on sale, you could afford it, £130,000. Stuart Hughes from Liverpool previously created diamond-encrusted blackberries and a £300,000 gold-plated Nintendo Wii. The golden iPad is covered in 22-karat gold and has 53 individual diamonds set into the shape of the Apple logo on the back of the iPad. Mr Hughes says his take on the iPad is outstanding, even down to the precise polishing to reveal its most beautiful, harmonious appearance. Oh, lovely. How much? £130,000. Well, Strange sure I can, can see you with it. Yes, you can, can probably see, see me with it, but I have to shoplift it. I finally found a oh. picture of Peppermint Cracknell. Oh! And there it is. Where? There. Oh, oh yes, mint, mint Cracknell. And it's got some other pictures on yeah. there. Yeah. Minty and Cup. Do you remember... Oh, Caramac. Ca- I'm going to sneeze again. I'm going to sneeze again. Sorry. Remember the five boys bar? <laughs> the <fries>? Sorry. <laughs> I do remember the, the chart. Yeah, yes, the five fries, boys. five boys. And, oh. and we go up here. Arrow. Yeah. Boost. Bar six. Bar six. Now, oh. that was the forerunners. Well, oh, Boost you can still get, I Yes, think. but uh, Bar six, wasn't that like um, a Kit Kat? Yes. It yeah. was their version of uh, Kit Kat. Because, chest now. Um, of course, Kit Kat is round trees and... Cadbury's brought out bar six. To, I know a joke uh, about a Kit Kat. I'm sure you do. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> you know, we've had some uh, strange flavours on the programme before. We had the Christmas oh, pudding. We had the Christmas pudding one, remember? Pu- we we tried them one year. I'm not surprised. So, Lemon awful. Yeah. They've got lots of flavours in, in Japan, we noticed. They had green tea ones. Oh, nice. And cherry. I've seen salt-flavoured chocolate. Salt chocolates. I can't think of anything worse. Black. Crisps and chocolate together, apparently, is quite good. It's really? no wonder you're fat next door, honestly. You look like Humpty Dumpty at the moment. It's dreadful. She's putting on so much weight. I feel quite slim standing next to her. Of course, she won't have any pictures taken with me. She's like, mm. like that at the moment. Uh, Merle knows about the exercise area for old people because a few years ago was on holiday in China and she could hear music coming from across the park at 5am and the Chinese get out there, all the elderly people, and they do this slow... I don't know what they call it. It's, um, it's like chi, isn't it? Or tai chi. Tai chi, yes, yeah. exactly right. And so I'm, I, I, I know all about this because we used to get that long, long time ago. Paul says, Am I right in remembering that Charles Hawtrey lived in Deal and before he died he set fire to his house by accident and when the fireman turned up there was um, a picture of him with a very young male companion... Yes, Charles Hawtrey did live in Deal. He was banned from every pub under the sun because he was he was what they call a bad drunk. Whereas some people are funny. I mean, you stick Dale on a glass of champagne and he becomes silly. And you stick Paul Paul Savory on well he doesn't really do drink, do you? You're not really a drinky person. Not when I'm here. No. I, I just do become when I'm on a holiday. Oh do you? Oh quite I a lot. just become affectionate. I become terribly affectionate. And uh, almost embarrassingly affectionate. Or just take my clothes off. 
which provides endless amusement for the staff. You know, oh, look, old man and something that needs ironing. Green bat. Painted green. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Again. <laughs> uh, supermarkets in France, says Anne. Uh, I do rely on LBC, especially your show, because I've been very ill in hospital. I'm now recuperating. Have I dreamt this, but do people wear roller skates in French supermarkets? I don't think I so, think it's no. in your world. She, she says, I think it's a brilliant idea. She says, I'm, I'm back to bed now to listen to LBC. I hope to die laughing. Oh. I'll try and send you on your way, if you like. <laughs> we, we like to have a laugh in the morning. not to die just yet. I love, I love the idea of dying laughing. Is that possible to yes, die laughing? Yes, it is. Yes, it is, is it? because it puts strain on your heart, apparently. All right, don't laugh. Don't laugh, please. Uh, James uh, met Tommy Steele and Pauline Quirk. And uh, likes Pauline Quirk. Pauline Quirk. Her as Sorry. well. Yes. But uh, wasn't fan, a fan of Tommy Steele. I always wanted to talk to Tommy Steele because he was the British rock and roller. He was the one that it kind of started with. And I find it absolutely unbelievable that uh, he's, he's in his 70s now. I'm Why sure you Jack Seaton to told you? me he was 80-something the other day. You look at people and, I mean, you'd never know. If you, were, if you saw Paul Savory, you would never know that he's in his early 70s. Not a clue. You could look at him now. And think, you know, you don't look in your early 70s at all. Thank you, I'm not. <laughs> Isn't it funny? Age is, is, a, is, is a great thing, actually. <laughs> Ian in Bedfont, thank you for the oldest joke in the world, which is unrepeatable at this time of the morning. Do you remember Texan Bar? And the line was, yes. it's a long, long chew. <laughs> remember that one? <laughs> yes. The Daily Mail today... Well, it's relevant. Has a, a centre spread about uh, products with strange names, which All right. we'll do in a minute. We, oh, oh, well done. You're ad-libbing yourself now. God, blimey. Th- a, a, a Texan bar with thin toffee covered in chocolate and took your fillings out. I thought that was... What was that, that toffee bar that... Was it like a penny bar or something? And you had toffee and you could make it stretch. A penny bar, yes. God, I'm showing my age. I think my grandmother told me about it. I don't remember it at all myself. Quarter to seven. Old penny. Old penny, yes. News headlines. Here's Claire. Good morning. In his first major speech as Chancellor, George Osborne has confirmed he'll... Quarter to seven is the time. It's Shrewsbury, says Sue. Shrewsbury. She knows she lives there, so she must be right. Virginia Blackburn talks about the story that we brought you the other day about the stupid radio presenter. Works for the BBC. I say works. So few do nowadays. And uh, he announced on air that the Queen had died. Oh. He wasn't referring to the Queen. It was apparently somebody on Facebook. So he said afterwards to get himself out of a hole. But he played the national anthem and then started making jokes about Prince Charles stop phoning the show. And Virginia says here, how stupid do you have to be to sit down in front of a radio microphone and joke live on air that the Queen has died? It's not just that it's bad taste... Totally unfunny and insulting to the audience, as well as Her Majesty. It's the fact that Danny Kelly, the BBC DJ in question, must have the kind of intelligence that makes it a bit of a challenge to walk and talk at the same time. Engage your brain before opening your mouth. What brain, she says, since when do our airwaves come to be dominated by the terminally dim? You've heard BBC local radio, have you, Virginia? Yes, I was going to say, all it's you a bit need like to do that. is listen to the BBC. The local vicar comes in to do a show. Somebody who's sort of dug up a swede in the garden comes in to do a gardening programme. Ghastly. And yet he, all he was was suspended for a week on no pay. Ridiculous, isn't it? Absolutely ridiculous. Fired. And I felt sorry for the teacher, Linda May. Do you remember her? No. She was up in court um, because she was um, she was sob- sobbing yesterday after a common-sense jury cleared her of hitting an unruly pupil with a pritt stick. Oh, Can you dear. believe it actually that would have got to them court? Terrible injury. Fifty thousand quid. This case cost us to put to court because some stupid dim pupil 
you know, and parents decided to take it to court. 50,000 quid, three days it lasted, suspended from a job for eight months. She's become ill because of this case, so expect depression to set in very shortly. And uh, she said it's taken a toll on my health. A prit stick. The, the rubbish we're putting through courts at the moment. You can't believe, you know, how stupid some people are. Well, they always say what starts in America ends up here. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the suing culture in America mm. uh, 20 years ago has now reached these shores. They're well, getting more sensible over they there They always now. say, yes, exactly. Dreadful, isn't it? And uh, Mascot Man would be a road map. We've seen these, these mascots. I don't know if you've looked in on the LBC website. Have a look at them. Hmm. They just look stupid. Looks like the kind of thing you'd see in a kid's book. It reminds me, well, it is, and it reminds me somehow of um, one of the Tony Hart figures. Morph. No. Oh, not G- Morph. Is it Gum? Was it Gumby? The, lo- the long one? No. Gumby? I think it was Gumby. Who's Gumby? It's like I sit there and talk about toffee that you sort of stretched out. Yes, there we are. Look at that. Of course it would be there, wouldn't it? That's all I need this morning. You see? Was that Gumby? Oh, right, yes. I don't remember. No, I don't. No. There'd be a website to... Oh, right. Oh, right. Doesn't it it look a bit like that? Little bit, yes. Little bit, yes. Except that one-eyed Gumby. That one's got two eyes. (laughs) That's what I mean. (laughs) You've only got... It's a one-eyed Gumby. Yeah. It is a bit bizarre, isn't it? You know, it's so cold in here this morning. My nose is running. I feel like I'm... (laughs) I'm so cold. (laughs) So cold. Um, One of the highlights of my children's lives, says Mavis, was when their father put a sixpence in a machine for a bar of chocolate. And can you imagine the surprise when the machine dispensed 36 bars of five boys' chocolates? Fantastic. I hope you gave them back, being honest. (laughs) The hell with it, you kept them. We all would have done that. It's like, if, if, if you were in a supermarket... Or a local shop, and they gave you too much change. Yes. Would you keep it? Uh, you thought I, about I, it. The answer is yes. Thank you. No, I never noticed. Really? I, I'm one of these uh, men. Apparently, are are very prone to just taking the change and putting it in their pockets without looking at I it. I actually kept it. Did you? Somebody made a mistake in a local shop. <laughs> I have <laughs> given the, given it back. When I, I have done in the past, place. but on this one, I didn't. Why were they rude? Uh... Yes, but they, they couldn't work out the change on the till. I gave them a £2 coin. What I got back was £5 worth of change. <laughs> so I kept it. Hmm. Gave it to charity. Oh, that's I didn't right. unfibbing. I didn't give it to charity at all. I put it in my pocket. But they gave me £5 worth of change, and I walked out thinking... I think, as she was counting it out, I thought, you've, you've, you're, you're counting out too much here. But I thought, no, blow it. You've been rude. <laughs> I mean, if it, it, was, it was a small shop, the producer would give it back. Because she only goes to small shops. If she can't see over the counter, she doesn't go in them. Sometimes they're quite high, those counters in the super... She can't actually do the supermarket things at all because some people think she's an item and put her on the conveyor belt. And she she has been known to be barcoded three times before she's got to the end. She has to get people to help her. She goes, excuse me. And people stand there. She goes, excuse me. She has to shout. You can't hear her. I'm down here. (laughs) And you look down and you go, what? And she goes, can you reach that there? And I go, it's on the lower shelf. She can't reach it. If it was a large chain, she'd keep the money. Hmm. If they made a mistake. The trouble is, it's the large chains that don't make the money. It's the little ones that make the money. Uh, do you remember Sp- Spangles, says Cheryl? Yeah, they tried to bring them back. Yes, they did. And the, the ones that but I not wanted hard back. Enough. Do you remember the old fashioned Spangles? Of course. But the humbug flavours. And the, yes, we've yeah. talked about this before. But the products in the Daily Mail, which I'm determined to. <laughs> Sorry, determined to do this I've got story. Things, I'm things determined with not. Strange names. All right. Strange names. There's a there's a drink that I've had in Japan called Sweat, which is on there. If you go to Iran, you could wash your uh, wash your clothes in bath. 
Bath. Bath. Bath. Um, if you if you start your clothes in Netherlands, in the Netherlands, you'll be pleased to know that they're crack free. <laughs> you can have a gory pizza in uh, in Mexico. I've been there. <laughs> and uh, if uh, if you go to Ghana, you can have pea cola. Oh no! <laughs> and you'll be pleased to know in New Zealand, you can have a golden gay time. Lovely which is a lollipop. Yes, there used to be a shop in Hounslow called Gay Blinds. Yes, Gay Blinds, but because it was meant happy blinds, didn't it? I suppose. I suppose. No, well, no, bright colours. Oh, bright... Ah, right, of course, bright colours. I can't begin to tell you about the chewing gum in Copenhagen, but that's another story. Anyway, apparently they do wear roller skates in uh, Carrefour in Calais. Carrefour. Carrefour, sorry. They send the skaters to check things if wrong at the checkout. Oh, right. And Gordon says, yes, the staff at Carrefour in Calais wear roller skates. Hmm. So, you weren't wrong. They well, do wear roller skates, because sometimes, you know, you stand there, and they go, oh, this hasn't got a barcode on it, because there's always going to be somebody in front of you. In Bangkok, which is, hopefully, is still there, is the largest restaurant in the world, and they go around, the the, uh, the servers go around with the food... On and, roller skates. On roller skates. And very occasionally, <laughs> you'll hear this crash. <laughs> Two people collided. <laughs> They've had an accident. Yes. Oh, wonderful. Oh, it's still there. So there you go. So they, they, they do do that, because you'll be standing at the till, and you go, it hasn't got a barcode item. They go, you know, can you go and do this? And, uh, and so people sort of skate off. Hmm. So there you go, which is lovely. You need to change the answer for the first question. Oh, so there you go. You've got to I change that the, was answer. the best answer. Well, it probably was actually, but you've got to change it. Here he is, still, still boring the pants off everybody. Lembit dreary Opic, who's made the express today. He wants to become a stand-up comic. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know, it's just, uh, it's just dreadful. And Alex Higgins wants money to buy new teeth because all his teeth have fallen out. So that's why they want the uh, the twenty thousand pounds. And uh, if you're the oldest swinger in town, it's uh, ex. Oh, John Shepherd Barron has died. So you don't know who he is, do you? No. And yet every day you use the item that he invented, which is have have a guess. I've no idea. Well, I'll I'll give you a clue. Um, he's eighty four. He uh, he died uh, in the Highlands in hospital in Inverness after a short illness, and he devised. The cash point machine. He was the one who devised the uh, the four-digit pin number transformation. And so that's why. So, well done to him. Indeed. Nice to know that you leave something. Thank you, Paul, very much indeed. You're welcome. Been a great pleasure. Lovely to see you. Always. Been a very odd show this morning, hasn't it? Some days you have very odd shows and other days you don't. Today was an odd show, I'm afraid. <laughs> but, uh, it'll be back to normal tomorrow, I should imagine. Or not, as the case may no, be. No, in tomorrow, is he not? He is, it'll apparently. Be far yes. From normal. Yes, it will be far from normal. But uh, at least we've got a picture of everybody taken today, which will go up on the uh, website very, very shortly. Thank you very much. No problem. I'm back with you tomorrow. If you go to the LBC website... You can check out uh, the podcast. You can learn how to podcast very cheap from as little as £2 a month. You can download everything on LBC. Have yourself a very nice day. Hope the weather is kind to you. And uh, I'll see you at five. Nick's with you after seven. Here's Claire Miller with the business update. Well, in the city, the FTSE will reopen this morning at 51.55.